Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm nerdcore rapper Shafe of the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts. And we co-host the Epic Podcast. A monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman. That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, internets. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you, to learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome, everybody, to Flame On. I am Pat, your talking bearskin rug, and I am joined today by Brian. Hello. And Eric. Hi. And we're back with another movie review episode for you. Aren't you excited? So excited. So excited. I know I am as well. All right. So we enjoyed our last movie review. Eric and I were joined by BJ uh, when we reviewed It, Chapter One. What did and you review? It, chapter one. But what, what is it? That's why I'm including the chapter one. Oh, that's what you're doing. Okay. So the full title will be It, colon, chapter one. I don't want to talk about It's, colon. Ooh. Exactly. And happy death day. And we enjoyed it so much that the following day we went and saw Thor Ragnarok. And we're here to discuss it with all of you. Now, Thor Ragnarok is the third... In the Thor trilogy. Is it a trilogy, though? I mean, I, I feel know. like they stopped doing that. It's three movies. It's a trilogy in my book. But, I mean, do you think it's done? I think they're going to do more Thors. Mm, I don't think so. Really? You don't think they're going to do more Thors? I think I, I think once we go into phase four, you're going to see the entire landscape change out. But, I mean, I feel time. like by switching off from the... And the Captain America didn't have like a second either. They just did the colon subtitle. I feel like they could still keep doing these. They could, but I don't think that they will. I mean, contracts are going to start coming up uh, and expiring, and you have so many other properties that you're going to start to bring in. You're going to start to see the new Avengers, and you can't do... 
47 Thor movies and still make like you know the Wasp and the Ant or Ant-Man and Wasp and Captain Marvel and all of these other movies and continue to make them without completely oversaturating well I, pe- I think that's why they changed out a lot of the cast in this movie true and that's why you saw certain deaths happen I feel like they could keep making Thor's and they probably will I think of the major original Avengers Chris Hemsworth is the one that's going to stay on longer yeah he's young he's I mean it's possible but I mean you could funny. also make way for a newish Thor type of Jane story Foster. no that's Throg. not happening Throg. I would love if they did <laughs> they, Throg they referenced Throg, Throg for, yes they did that was great alright let's talk about the movie so anyway so this is the third Thor movie in uh, in the Marvel Cinematic universe, um, and you kept saying the seventeenth movie overall was that an accurate number? Or I believe so. I think this is seventeen out of wow. all of them, including uh, Spider Man. Okay, wait, all the Spider Man or the Homecoming? No, no just Homecoming. Oh, okay. So this this the is the MCU. cinematic universe. Yeah, okay. I believe I I did not do this counting myself, but somebody I see posts and is very invested in these movies as well posted. Um, his little review of Thor and made a comment about it being the 17th movie. Feels like something Pat Loika would have done. It wasn't Pat Loika. No. It was Jay Abbott, which oh, is well, yeah. it's like East Coast uh, yeah, Pat exactly. Loika. <laughs> less, less, photogra- or less a photographer, more of something else. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it well, was good. I think we all... I'm sorry. I don't want to step on your toes. It's, it, old <laughs> habits die hard. Come on. It was directed by Taika Waititi. If Taiko? I mispronounced that, I am truly sorry. Um, He's been making all the rounds on all the late nights and everything. Well, I mean, this is—I mean, this is a big break for any director. This yeah. is his first, his, his directorial debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, yeah. and for a property in the MCU for being, you know, over a billion dollars generated, that's a huge step. I mean, you've got people that are coming in that have done their own thing or have done smaller movies or done independent movies and now coming into the MCU and saying, here you go, here's a giant property and do. And I think, honestly, I think the general consensus at this table is that he did a good job with this movie. Well, one thing about the director in these movies is it's director by committee because the reason they haven't had like single voice auteur directors stick around like Edgar Wright and, um, oh God, there was another one that left is because these movies are so producer heavy. So putting someone like Taititi? Taiti? Taiko Waititi? Taiko Waititi. Stop trying to make me say it wrong. Sorry. So when people no, start. I, listen, I can't say it either, but the guy's hilarious. And he is young enough in the sort of art, having only done a few movies, including the fabulous, or so I've heard, haven't seen it, The Things We Do in Shadows, which is, uh, if you're familiar with... New Zealand comedic uh, personalities like Reese Darby, Reese Darby, Jermaine Clement, and a uh, guy from Fly the Concord. So I didn't already name. Uh, yeah, the other one. Also, that guy. That guy. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. The Look other half of Wham. Look what? it up. Yes, the other half of Wham. <laughs> um, like it, it makes sense that they'd bring in a voice like his to sort of guide something different. I think they realized that the Thor movie arc maybe kind of ran its course like they didn't want to they didn't want to just do Ragnarok as a straight up Ragnarok 
right? They wanted to do something different and fun, and maybe I, a little Guardians influence. I think honestly, no matter what they originally intended, when the Dark World didn't really receive the praise that they were hoping for, because that's probably the weakest out of all the Thor movies. And I, I liked it. I mean, it, yeah, it, but it's middle of the road. It's very unimpressive. Just well, I think the Thor, the first Thor, at least had a comedic side to it. Whereas the Dark World was really a lot more serious, yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't have as much cat cat. No, I want I want to say cat Cora. I know it's not cat Cora. Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings. I you you didn't have any in this movie, which I was actually surprised by. I thought you'd throw her a bone or something, but uh, after well, two, there was no Natalie Portman either. Well, no, There's that's very true. little Earth that's based. True. That's, uh, that's actually that's a good point. Um, but like after yeah after the, the first movie like you said had mm-hmm. that comedic thing which I this is funny I didn't know that Helmsworth Hemsworth sorry he's more of a comedic actor in other things I mean he was in the Ghostbusters film as the one as the secretary as the secretary which is you know but I mean I guess I guess they've gravitated more towards the comedic stuff with him specifically because he's just got really good comedy timing well I mean you don't necessarily think of Thor as one of the smarter Avengers. He right. is more of the muscle, so it makes more sense to do kind of the comedic thing with him. Um, yeah. So yeah, this movie felt like it played into the strengths of the actor, but also tried to find a voice that was something different and, and, and reinvigorating, and that's why I'm saying I think they could do more and I of think this. They've had more success, I think, on the comedic ones in general. I mean, the Guardians both were funny, um, Spider-Man Ant-Man. was funny. Ant-Man was yeah. funny. Um, and if you look at, like, even outside of the MCU, like Deadpool. Right. Well, even even the Iron Man movies are pretty funny in a lot of ways. I mean, and, that's that's been a big threat of the yeah. MCU is that it tells these compelling stories or, in their, their world, compelling story. But it always has those comedic threads woven through it, which is why I think one of the biggest differences that's always pointed out between... The DCEU and the MCU is that where DC is like, okay, no jokes. This is going to be serious and gritty and dark. Why'd you say their name? Yes, sir. Why did you say Martha? (laughs) That's my mother's name. I I really feel like that's that's the smartest choice Marvel's ever made. Like if Kevin Feige, if you can point to one thing he's really brought to this, it's the tonal sensibility to not go super serious and self-important well, which is and, what DC's done and the good part about it is that I mean I know that like the Christopher Nolan Batman series and, and there are a lot of movies that predate the MCU but they basically started off that way it wasn't a response to like okay we're gonna do this this way because Batman as a character feels like a darker more serious well and no one had character. done Nolan what he did differently is he no one had done a believable superhero story so Batman in those three movies. What about movies, Batman Returns? No. <laughs> no. Michael Keaton. Although it's funny, there's a great. What was the thing we watched about the McDonald's toys? Oh how, yeah, there, I, I forget what uh, was it a Funny or Die video? One of those and web they, channel. They talk about the fact that um, when Batman Returns was being shot, the toy licensing, like the licensing, yeah. went out for it. And it was done in such a way where none, nobody that had the license had the script. Yeah, so when the movie came out and it was so, like, just visually dark 
Well, not even just that. No, like literally with Penguin wanting to eat babies and like all of these insanely adult themes were there, but the toys don't reflect the characters. Like the Penguin in in his little car with the pinwheel like um, drill... Like totally none of that ma- matches up to the visual aesthetic or the tone of the movie, and it basically cost them tons of money in licensing because everybody at that point was like, you know, the McDonald's is trying to push this movie onto your children, and then the movie comes out and it's like terrifyingly like crazy for kids. Which, which I do remember as a kid going to see that on Father's Day. Oh my, my god! My, my parents took us all to see Batman Returns on Father's Day. Oh, how lovely! I mean, I wasn't disturbed by it, although maybe I was, and that's I mean, how I am today. And more curious to see your parents' reaction after they're watching this Batman movie. Having grown up, they probably grew up on the Batman '66 stuff, a little lighter in tone, right? So seeing. And even the first Batman. I don't know. The Batusi was pretty disturbing. Oh, Batusi well, is amazing. So, so yeah, I guess. But Randy- not as disturbing as Batdance. <laughs> Although, I mean, rest in peace, Prince. That really was a defining soundtrack for that moment in time. Uh, oh. It dates the movie it's horribly. So dated. Speaking of awesome soundtracks, to tie it back into you, the oh, movie we're actually doing? talking about. Good job. Good job. Oh, Eric's going to be our segue, segue machine. Here's a segue. Um, <laughs> yes, Mark Mothersbaugh, who a lot of people may go, oh, that, that name's weird. I don't know who, who that is. Right. Uh, I feel what, like oral with uh, the question. <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> Um, one of the founders, one of the original Devo. Who? Uh, oh, Whip It? I know who Devo oh, is. Oh, I'm not that young. You know, you're the audience. Like, uh, who? Oh. I mean, younger audiences may not know who Devo is, but they did the song Whip It. Not they the, did Whip It. They did not do Whip Well, Whoa. they probably did more than Do you than see them it. outfits and you hear that song? I probably actually, did. Uh, actually, Hello oh Chicken ended with a did I make pot it? on your head. <laughs> let's, let's, let's say for the sake of argument, I made a Devo hat. For one of my Halloween things once. I remember. I don't know if it was actually me who made it. But um, the also famous for the Rugrats theme song, which if you don't know Devo and you don't know Rugrats, I don't know what generation you were born in, unless you're like just out of the womb or something, then I got nothing for you. Millennials, because I'm pretty sure that my generation was Rugrats still. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It was mid It feels like that was so much after. Anyway. Uh, I'm old. So Mark Mothersbaugh, famous for electronic and sort of whimsy, did the soundtrack in a way that was very electronical, electronical, electronic and whimsical. (laughs) I was doing whimsical anyway, but very good in setting the tone of the movie, which was space is freaky and we're doing this 80s vibe ish. I don't really like people kept seeing the trailer and thinking 80s, seeing the whole movie. I I wouldn't peg it to 80s as much. Very Kirby. There's lots of Kirby stuff in this. Um, lots of just the colorations and the design choices of the ships and the, the, the world of Sakaar. Not Scar, which I, we talked about before we started. We all thought it was Scar. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, Eric, mm-hmm. did you think it was Scar? But Sakaar. I, I, I don't know. I actually want to say Sakaar when thinking about Planet Hulk. I, yeah. I, and, and, and based, thank you, based on Planet Hulk by uh, Greg Pak, which is funny enough. I didn't realize Greg Pak actually took that whole idea of the Hulk going out into space from another writer. I had done that, like the same idea, like decades prior. So he was doing an interview with Word Balloon. He was saying how that was his homage to this other story, but of course, marginally more successful and then now influenced this movie. 
Um, Not just this movie. What else? It's going to be an Avengers Infinity War. The this Hulk trilogy, the Planet Hulk trilogy, like that whole story, yeah, is going to play out over three movies. Yeah, they've said that, Mm -hmm. like it's a Hulk three movie arc. Yeah. Even though it's not his movies. But because they won't do another Hulk movie, at least for the time being, because they don't have the rights to do it, um, they're going to play out this three-part story over three movies. That's so crazy. They don't have the rights to do a Hulk movie, but they have the rights to use the Hulk? It's the distribution rights. Oh. Universal still owns the distribution. That's why they still have a Hulk. Uh, well, that's why they had the Hulk ride. Well, that's a different. They, that's a different contract. No, no, I, I know, but still, it still falls into that same huh. like realm. They sold all the rights to. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't realize it was still in effect. So, yeah, I mean, um, that's interesting. So they're going to do that over Infinity War and whatever else. Probably Infinity War too. Oh, it's like, probably going to be the three. Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. Is that what the title is now? No. Because I would love that. It's not going to be Infinity War two parter. It's not going to be it. They should actually have Captain Marvel show up on Sakaar. Well, it's Even probably going to be like prequel. Avengers Infinity War. They're going to have to reset the cast and it's going to be like New Avengers is going to well, be like the third movie. It's kind of, it's the, the whole reason why they, they did away with the two-part title and they won't reveal the title of um, Avengers 4 until after Infinity War opens. So somebody dies because it's whatever the title is going to be. It's going to reference. Yeah, there's going to be. Yeah, it's gonna, it'll it'll reveal a major plot point to Infinity War Part One. So we'll see what that is after after it opens up. In, well, uh, that's prob- that's probably going to be the after credits thing in. Yeah, that'll Avengers. be where they reveal the yeah. title. That makes sense. So um, okay, so back to this movie. We've talked about the soundtrack, which is great, but uh, overall. Sorry, I'm not trying. I'm trying not to. I'm like, for me running the show, <laughs> try not to. It's a bad habit. I can't help it. Listen, I do this on all my podcasts, even if it's not my podcast. Just saying. So next topic. No, no, your show. No, You're running it. You're running it. Listen, I jumped overboard. What? <laughs> Throw my life raft. Uh, no, go ahead. Get help. No, no, please. <laughs> so, what was there. your general impression of the Eric's movie? Run the show. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to NPR this shit up last time we did a movie review, and you've thrown that completely out the window. You did? Yeah. Oh. I tried to I tried to be more pop culture happy hour in the uh, our movie review, but we're doing a, a free flow conversation about it. So the, the music was good. Yeah, I mean, they even tied in Willy Wonka into it, and <gasps> yes, it was fantastic. That was cute. So Which nice. it took me a second, because I haven't seen Willy Wonka in the that Chocolate was a, Factory. I mean, because uh, it's very psychedelic. Wait, wait, parts. hold on. No, Rewind this. No. You haven't seen the original one? Mm-mm. Holy God. I've seen parts of it. Well, I've never of sat down and watched the whole movie. Gotta, All right. I've never seen the new one either. Well, so. that's okay. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's fine. No one would no one would crucify <laughs> me over the new one, but uh, no. Um... What else about it did you like? Um, I mean, the tone was great. The music was great. I thought the acting was all fantastic. Um, I thought the new characters really worked. Kate Blanchett was incredible, but everyone kind of knew that going in that she was going to be. My only thing, and this isn't a negative, because I think Hella was a great character, and, and Kate Blanchett did a great job with it. They the things I kept on hearing were Hela is the most relatable character since Loki. I don't I, I don't it, see that, but I, I don't mean, see that aspect of it. Like I can see where I can see the whole familial thing. Like okay, well you know you were 
you were told that you were worthy and then you know you're banished and I get that aspect of it it didn't make me relate to I'm, her as much what I did enjoy about her as opposed to other like Marvel movie villains is they basically wove her in early and throughout the whole movie which I think yeah. Loki had that same kind of feel where he he had a thread through the whole thing where other Marvel movie villains tend to just kind of be like, rah, I'm pillaging and trying to do this here. Or they come in second act or a little bit later where you don't have as much time to spend with them. Right. It's it's all about the character development of the hero themselves versus not giving any screen time to the villain until exactly. the end. I think she's relatable because we've all had and seen or read, experienced, whatever, people paving over the past. And then you come in late and you don't know all the history because it's been concealed or paved over. So when somebody from the past comes back. I mean, writing things out of the history book? I mean, I yeah. Mean, let's. There were certain aspects. Well, of, they say the winners write the history. So. Well, and in this case, the winners had a little change of heart and decided, nope, we're going to forget all that. I mean, it's similar to, I guess, sort of American uh, history. People like to pave over the fact that we basically took the land from the indigenous people basically. who are already here. Well, <laughs> essentially. So, you know, and now we, we, you know, get all upset when monuments to Southerners get taken down or something. But really, all these other terrible atrocities that we've committed have been largely just forgotten, paved over, never even uh, set up as a monument or, or recognized. So, I mean, I feel like that in some ways that makes her relatable and that she represents this reality that actually has happened many times in history. And yeah, but when you're the goddess of death, it's a little harder to relate to that. That was the only thing where I was a little like, okay, so when you're the goddess of death, you produce swords. Oh, okay. And knives. Everywhere from, like, anywhere. Which knew exactly how deep to go into that ceiling yeah. to only pull down the new facade <laughs> right. and reveal the original, like, painting on that dome. Like, if you're talking about little plot holes and convenience points and things that maybe might stick with you, especially, I could see someone going and watch this movie and going, this is not the Thor movie I want. Therefore, I'm going to nitpick. I can see this being something that stands out. Well, to them. this you, is the Thor you, movie you deserve, though. Do you think that anyone could have taken the internal flame and raised all the dead soldiers? Eternal flame? Yeah. The internal? <laughs> I just had the bangles playing in my head every time they talked about it. I mean, it was just saying at karaoke. So, <laughs> was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I'm somebody sang it. I, I, I was sober Friday. as fuck, but I, I don't remember it. I feel like I was drunk because I don't remember any of I remember Aquaman singing and that one guy that was singing Hook that was like a good a beat, beat and a half behind. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. So, no, I mean, like, Hela is relatable in that she is that. And she wasn't so mustache did she, twirly. Did she control the dead, though? I mean, she raised the dead, but could I anyone mean, have used well, the... Okay, Lord of the Rings. Uh, what's his name? Ar Sauron? No, 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 no. Aragorn, uh, Eric. Strider, what was the his oh, Aragorn? Yeah, Aragorn. He commands the dead in that one thing. I mean, whatever. You you bring them back, and suddenly they're your best friend. That's what it happens. It, it happens all the time. I don't know. All but, the time, everywhere. But Hela, like that was her thing. Is she thinks she's the firstborn. It's her kingdom. 
and she was screwed over pretty royally because a change of policy, a change of whatever. So, I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I'm not saying I could totally sympathize with her, but I totally, I see where that relatability is. And Hella in the comics has never been that really compelling other than she looks amazing with the, the headgear and the, 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 the crazy, uh, whatever the heck that is, like. And you it was, don't remove your wig unless you got a giant helmet with big horns on underneath it, honey. Exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry. The, the reveal. But I mean, so, so that, that, that's, I think they made a really good choice of kind of retconning her into this, uh, we were saying, Angela-like role. Do you where th- they retcon Angela into Thor's totally, history. Yeah. Do you think that more of her backstory was shot and then was edited out? It's hard to say. I mean, I don't know. It, it, they did a pretty good job of. Distilling I mean, yeah, it. with the fresco on the ceiling. Yeah, you kind of got. <laughs> oh, the and whole, the living fresco. Like, who wants a fresco? <laughs> I said fresco. I you know. did say fresco. <laughs> I just thought now the, I want I just a fresco. The, beverage. <laughs> the, the living sort of slow mo fresco. I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> that was Valkyrie's memories. That did a really good job of sort of showing all that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I Yeah, because that was one of those things in the trailer that you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be this giant battle. And then yeah. it's a memory. And it was just like, it, it worked well. And I just love the fact that I love that we had, uh, what's her name? Tessa? Tessa something or other. I think it was the one who played Valkyrie in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, as you see, I did my homework before this. Um, I love that we have a woman of color in this role and this this really powerful role and I, I hope that we see some little Valkyries next Halloween um, but I do I do enjoy the fact that the, the Valkyries I hope we see some little Hellas next Halloween oh, with, with giant my God. Can, who's the first RuPaul or any drag queen who pulls Hella off oh my god bitch if I can lose a couple pounds I will be Hella for Halloween next year Tessa I will Thompson do Tessa that's Thompson. her name see I go at least I got Tessa no, you, you did good um, I do love the fact that when we had that flashback of her memory that the Valkyrie that saved her was the blonde braids, yes. like big busty. Obviously, their their outfits were more demure than than the comic book versions of them. Right. Uh, but I do love the fact that like you had that comic book quote unquote accurate Valkyrie was at least part of it, and they made it this whole like elite force of of powerful women that protected Asgard. So, since how we're going to talk about diversity now, um, <laughs> is that like uh, Apocalypse okay, now? Well, well, apparently, there was a scene that was cut that made it more obvious that she's a bisexual character. I was going to ask this question. So, so was that last Valkyrie that saved her? Do you think that was Ooh, her? That would have been great. That would have been fine. That I would have enjoyed that. I, yeah. I vote yes on be, that being be, because that's my head cannon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing the Change fan approved. fiction right now. <laughs> um. But I know she really pushed for there to be that plot point, and it ended up getting cut. But maybe it'll be in Thor Ragnarok, the Ultimate Edition. Well, but, I guess the actress at uh, Tessa tweeted that yes, she's bi, she doesn't care. She, yes, she cares very little about what men think of her. What a joy to play! So I mean, I don't know. Like people, she are, is or Valkyrie is Valkyrie. Oh, okay. Um, I. I mean, first of all, great if she is, but to me, it's like... I think it's irrelevant, oh, really, there to the story. But the, I mean, there, and I'm quoting a Wired article here. There she is. She added another scene where one of her fellow female warriors is slain in battle, and Valkyrie is shown falling away from her. In my mind, Thompson explained, that was my lover. So I feel like even if it wasn't a real scene, um, it was definitely in her head. It was her head cannon that made that thing work, which, okay, I'm fine with that, 
but why not you just make it explicit? Like, I don't need you to pander, but I also don't mind a little representation bone thrown right. every now and again. And when people are going out there saying she's the first queer Marvel cinematic universe character, I'm like, I don't, I mean, okay, in her head, sure, but like, you can't, somebody else didn't have that in their head as an extra or some other character. Like, I don't know. It just. Well, there's so much, there are so many character beats that get left out of these movies that it, unless it's, I guess, officially shown, and it's kind of the same thing with Wonder Woman, where, right. I mean, it's an island full of women. We yeah. obviously all the, the unwritten men are portion. for procreation, not for pleasure. Exactly. Like, I but could, until until that's actually portrayed, right? Like it's still just. I mean, you could say that about any character on on exactly. screen. That's what. I, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not trying to take this away from her. If she felt like that was her backstory, that's great. I just would love for Marvel to maybe address, you it. know, have that happen. <laughs> I mean, same thing with Star Wars. And I mean, again, kind of tying back to the whole put Drew in Star Wars movement. Like, it doesn't have to be. It would be nice if it was someone we cared about and had a had a connection with. But either way, just have it happen. It's not uncommon in the comics now at all, and you can totally do it in this day and age and get away and 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 be fine. Yeah, you're not sure. going to lose a lot of money to the alt right protesting it. So you know, move on, do it anyway. So yeah, I was I was interested about that too because people were trumpeting it from the towers. Oh, she's the first queer Marvel Cinematic Universe character. What really? Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but I did like her. I love th- Valkyrie. Do you think her and Hulk were what? No, I don't know. They no, were actually, friendly. her and Thor more than anything. No, they I had mean, their before, moment. before Thor. Oh, came into you the mean picture. her and actual? Oh, yeah. I don't know. So what we're talking about, by the way, there are spoilers throughout this episode. If you've not already realized that we're going to spoil stuff. Uh, Valkyrie is the character who is basically, uh, she left the Valkyrie guard after Hela. She escaped she after escaped. that battle. She was um, the only one left. Right. So she's the last of the Valkyries after Hela uh, mounted an insurrection, kind of like a fallen angel uh, after Lucifer tried to do whatever. And then she ended up in the Sakaar working for the Grandmaster, who is deliciously played by Jeff Goldblum. Well, she's a scavenger. And she became a scavenger, a scavenger for him to bring him warriors because he is running. What is it? The Contest of Champions. Lovely Easter egg. Totally not from World War Hulk, but another Marvel mainstay that has spread out from the comics into the gaming and other other types of properties. So that was cool. Um, and so, yeah, she finds uh, Which the collector is the one in the, the game. He's the one. Oh, okay. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure if I I haven't played it in forever, but I'm pretty sure the collector is the one that um, is involved with uh, collecting. Well, what's funny about that? You're right. Is the, and I don't know about Contest of Champions. I've never read that book. Grandmaster is typically the one who will have the. He's the cosmic entity that will have the Marvel heroes playing games. Mm-hmm. Usually not like gladiatorial type things, but I'm sure that's happened, but he does this and that. I mean, the last one I saw him was like Silver Surfer and he was in a casino and or something, you know, just stuff like that. He's the, he's the game player. Um, but yeah, so she is now working for him. She finds uh, Hulk, I believe, or uh, yeah, I think she found the Hulk. She, was, brought him, she, was, she brought him yeah. Hulk. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, which I thought was a nice little nod. Um, and then she brings Thor after Thor is kind of accidentally cast to Sakaar from a Bifrost uh, transit malfunction uh, when Hela is basically... They're fighting in the Bifrost yeah. and he gets kicked out of the Bifrost. Yeah, yeah he, he's, trying to, he's trying to escape and, and fucks up and realizes that when the Bifrost opens and they all 
they all they both jump in and Hela's like, "Hey, I'm here for the ride." Seems yeah, that how was... that had just previously happened with the dragon. Seriously, well, yeah. Loki wasn't there. Well, that's and Loki true. called for the byfrost. It is yes. Loki's fault. It's always Loki's fault. Um, one thing we have not mentioned is that uh, Anthony Hopkins seems to give his uh, swan song performance in this. Um, which makes sense for many reasons, but one of which, of course, is every now and again you got to get Odin off the stage so Thor can actually, you know, do stuff. Turn um, into Anthony balls. Hopkins? Not Diddle's ball. I was doing the, 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 whatever that is, the hand gesture you were not listening to. Uh, but yeah, no, to move off the stage and let Thor ascend, you got to get rid of Odin. Every now and again he comes back, of course. But no, um, uh, they, they, I kind of liked how they played him off because it was that whole thread from the second movie when Loki kind of comes back and takes his place and they don't ever explain what happened. Like, where'd he go? What did you do? Did you kill him? Did you imprison him? What, you know, where'd he, where'd he go? Sent him off to Shady Pines. That I mean, was Shady hilarious. Acres. That was hilarious. <laughs> like, that was, there were so many good little comedy beats in this that, I mean, coming from a comedic director, I mean, again, they're turning into that sort of, that, that they wanted to make it funnier, but that was a great moment and totally like took the mickey out of what could have been this they could have gone a different way and made it a lot more um oh shakespearean brother against brother feuding for asgard like i could have seen that be the third in the thor trilogy but they didn't thankfully and doctor strange was great of course that whole earth portion i really liked yeah i was happy that it didn't spend a lot of time on earth yeah but i went into this movie not realizing that strange was going to have a cameo in it so when the uh, the portal ring started spinning underneath Loki's feet, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, even, strange." E- even though I knew Strange was in the movie, I had forgotten what those portal things looked like, and I didn't realize who had taken Loki away at first. And then he picked up the little Thor picks up the little card, and for a second I thought it was yeah. going to be a two twenty one B Baker Street. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, the fonts and everything. I was like, "He's going to see Sherlock." Yes, he is. What did you think of the cameos, um, somewhat unexpected in the uh, play of the, the the tale of Loki? I didn't recognize any of the actors. I was like, can you point Are them you out? Because kidding me? Yeah, oh I'm... my god, um, uh, my brain's not working right now. But um, Matt Damon was uh, Loki. He was. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I, that's why I was laughing that's so such much. Such an impact on us. Um, I, I know you just normally laugh at weird things, so I was just kind of like, just because. Yes, they, they were probably weird if you don't recognize them. Um, I'm pulling it up because I, I swear there were at least one or two other uh, other people in there. But um, but yeah, no, uh, Matt Damon, uh, Sam Neill. Vo- oh, Sam Neill was Odin. Sorry, I thought he voiced him, but Sam Neill was Odin. Luke Hemsworth was Thor. Okay. That one's a little more obscure. Um, he has a third brother? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. The least... Po- well, I mean... He's, is he he's the a, ugly he's brother? A, no, I actually think he's the most handsome Ooh. of the three. Because, you know, like the property brothers have that third brother. Not as attractive. Yeah, because where um, Chris and... What's Liam. The, Liam are super cut. Uh-huh. This third one has a little... Oh. On him. Well, all right. Oh, but I think he's a soap star in Luke, Australia. Luke Hemsworth was um, on Westworld. He was the Hem- Hemsworth on Westworld. He was one of the. I think he worked for like the security company type thing. He had a, a few scenes. I mean, he was he was a big part of it. Anyway, so yeah, though Matt Damon was the one that I recognized right away. N- Sam Neill, I totally missed, but I sat there and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, that that uh, 
That's probably somebody I just don't. And it sounded familiar. Anyway, um, what about Miss Idris Elba? Mr. Idris Elba. I said Miss, didn't I? Yeah. Wow, yes. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, he uh, had dreads. No, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I right. wouldn't really consider him a cameo since how he's been in all three movies. No, not a cameo, <laughs> but like just. Speaking of, real quick, apparently there was also a Beta Ray Bill cameo Wait, that got cut oh, from the movie. Oh, that's a damn I was like, shame. Let me finish my sentence, girl. Got excited for uh. a second. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I would love to have seen a beta ray bill. Oh my God. There was a beta ray bill, but it was so quick that you would have to you, you'd have the same complaints that you have now. He was in a little more and didn't do uh, and, and it just didn't do justice. And the um, feeling is, if you can't do it justice, do it later. I mean, mm. I, I I guess that makes sense because it's kind of like why have an Adam Warlock cameo when you can have an Adam Warlock large part of the movie? I mean, I get it, but um, what about so so back to Idris because like this is the thing. Uh, uh, oh God, what's his character name? Um, Heimdall. 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 Thank you. He in the comics does not ever get much to do. He's very like deus ex machina storytelling, you know, exposition beat. Like he's not an active player, but I think because Idris has demonstrated his role in so many other action movies and other things that they're like, you know, what, let's give him something fun to do. And I wouldn't even be shocked if he kind of was like, Hey guys, could you, um, you know, give me more than just standing there with my sword opening and closing the Bifrost. Like, I'm glad they gave him something fun and interesting to do. Well, I'm just surprised he didn't play more of a role like we've all expected to yeah. in revealing the final Infinity Stone. Well, that was a, th- a fan theory, though. It's... I think they've turned away from that. I don't know, but I... It, it would absolutely... It makes the most sense to where the soul gem is. To the person who can see where every soul is. I guess. I, I think and his it, orange eyes. But the soul gem is green. Have you realized that the infinity gems don't line up to the well, infinity stones? No, color yeah, wise? I know, but I'm just saying. Like, but we're missing the orange one. Oh, we're missing the orange one. Okay. The blue one is the ether. Or not the ether, the uh, tesseract. Yeah. Which is now the mind gem. Uh-huh. So they've all... But then the funny part was, if you look at where all the the... Uh, stones are or the whatever they're calling them now they spell Thanos what oh that's the only one missing is the soul gem okay because you have the tesseract yeah you have the ether what's the ether a a a e um oh god um you have the orb the orb was the o uh I'm trying to remember n what's the n 
Well, the S was the staff because it was Loki's staff. No, there's. I'll I'll look it up and I'll I'll post a little video on our on our page. But the way they had it, it's like where the stones are. It's T H. It's T A N O S is what we have so far. Okay. So the one missing is the soul gem, which is why one of the Heimdall, big things is okay. the Heimdall. Well, so here's the thing: you can do so the the way they leave the movie. Uh, again, we're jumping all over the place here, but the way they leave it is Heimdall is in this arc of as guardians off to probably go to Earth or somewhere, and it's, that it can also be assumed that the cosmic cube, or is that the Tesseract? Yeah, or, that's the yeah, Tesseract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, is, they're all in one place. Yeah. So there's an after credits. I'm sorry, mid credits scene where they're on the ship and a giant motherfucking ship can like you know I'm on a them. boat. Oh no! Sorry, wrong thing. Oh, that, that's close. <laughs> big, big ship, big boat. But no, I mean, like, yeah, they could pluck his eyes out at the beginning of that movie or something. I mean, there, there's a way to sort of, you know, you don't have to address it in the movie. I'm actually kind of glad they didn't do a lot with the Infinity Stones. In fact, they almost seem to sort of disparage the whole Infinity War thing a little bit by like knocking over the glove, like that's ah, a fake, and then uh, Thor lamenting about chasing all over for these stones and not finding any, like. I love that those little beats were just kind of summarily dismissed. So, and you are right, Eric, on the uh, on the scepter. Yeah, I forgot it's two different because Loki was going after the tesseract. It's two different gems, right? Because um, the space gem was the tesseract. That's the one that opens up all the portals. Yeah. So you have the tesseract. You have the ether. You have the orb. You have the scepter. The necklace. The eye of Agamotto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Necklace. Oh, necklace. Yeah. It's the and time. then Heimdall. I mean, it's possible. It really is. I don't know. We'll see. But um, overall, like, you could see this movie knowing little about the rest of the Marvel Universe, except the, the Thor stuff probably want to know a little bit about. But it, it, it does not. People are freaking out about, oh, this sets the stage for phase four. And this 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 sets the new blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it does have some very transformative story beats for stuff. For Thor's world, I mean, my God, let's go through Thor it. Thor doesn't see. have a world. Well, yeah, exactly. Asgard's gone. <laughs> He's homeless now. Odin's dead. Thor's got one eye, which is a nice visual reference to Odin. Yeah. Uh, well, Odin. Yeah, I don't like that as I much. Oh well, that I thought they were gonna chop his hand off or arm, and then we'd get the the one arm Thor. I kind of hoped after the the hammer was oh he lost his hammer. Uh, I kind of thought. First of all, I thought they were going to do a story beat with that because you saw the pieces of Uru that would become the that, that were uh, Mjolnir. Like, usually when you show a piece of stuff like that, like smoking gun thing, right? Or Mjolnir? Meow, meow. From Mjolnir. Meow, meow. Like, I thought a part of the story would be reconstituting the hammer. So the fact that they didn't show that or they didn't do anything with that is kind of funny or I'm interesting. I'm mad that he didn't get um, Yarnsbarn. Yarns, that's where I was going. I would love to see a Thor movie based on the Jason Eric comics, Jason Aaron comics, where he has Yarnbarn. What is that? That's his axe. <laughs> okay. Before he before okay. he was worthy enough to pick up the hammer, he had the his enchanted axe. Okay. Yarnbjorn. Yeah. And would um, ride around. Not meow meow. Meow meow came later. Meow meow. Yarn yarn. Not meow meow. Yarn meow. Yarn yarn. Yarn yarn came before meow meow. And I want to see him ride Tooth Smasher. I want to see Tooth Nasher. I want to see the goats because Jason Aaron has done some of the coolest Thor stuff ever. He's got Thor with a giant axe with a with a metal arm riding a freaking goat. And don't spoil that. That that that. I know what you're gonna say. If you haven't read, don't Thor number seven hundred. Close your ears for a second. But when they kill Tooth Nasher, 
when Mangog killed him, I was so mad. I want to see Mangog eventually too, because that'd be pretty cool. So mad. But yeah, no, I, I, I think, and again, I come back to this a lot. I think Thor has life left in him. I think this movie is going to do very well at the box office. Because I do too, but I don't think it's going to be. I think if we get a fourth movie, first off, I think the trilogy works for the fact of closing that th- story. This is this arc through from the beginning through to Infinity War. If we have a fourth one, because I mean, look, look at Star Wars. How many trilogies are we going to have now? We're we're on our second of the third set of trilogies, but it works as a trilogy because it's a it's a it, set it, of stories. Yeah, it does. By Ragnarok, you you close the door on. Yeah, I, yeah. I know what you're saying. I so there could be one, but I still think it would be a bit further. So now here's my favorite part of any movie review: the negative takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> because you know I love to I love to find I love to find a nitpick in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, if you if you were to take and have to pull out a negative. Your biggest negative takeaway from this movie, what would you say it was? I think as I'm thinking about it, probably the timeline of the whole Hela thing. As far as when she gets banished. Okay, so all the Valkyries, except for... Valkyrie? Yeah, 142. (laughs) Scrapper 142. um, Die. Were the Valkyries restarted? I don't think be- so. I think it's more because of a- Thor and Loki know about the Valkyries. But he also said he's never seen their their famed blade dragon dragon's yeah. tooth or whatever it was called. I feel like it's like this is the legend of the Valkyries, and you know, as you're being told when you're you know, bedtime stories, like these kick-ass women came and right. found it because I think you would have like visually had it been reconstituted would have been like, oh, okay, you're a Valkyrie. But it wasn't until both Thor and Loki saw the tattoo on the arm or the marking on the arm that they were like, you're a Valkyrie. Right. Like, I feel like it was just that piece. So all these stories then have been told about the Valkyries. So why not continue that history about Hela? Trying to figure out. And I guess there was that one-off line that Jeff Goldblum said where time worked differently on Sakaar. So it makes sense that she still looks younger than Thor. True. I wonder if it's just a matter of you can make that big bad that destroyed the Valkyries anything and it doesn't have to be Hela. They could they could have all these stories and talk about like they died saving Asgard from a terrible evil and you don't have to say, hey, it was my firstborn kid. Right. That we then banished. You know what I mean? Right. You just say she was this outside force that came to try to do stuff. Not, yeah, like you said. So, I mean, yeah, totally. That totally works. I just feel like more people in Asgard would have known of Hela. It, yeah, we're, it's unclear as because, to when that I mean, I know happened. I'm pretty sure Heimdall knew about her. Probably. Um, and Odin, obviously. And he forgot about her. <laughs> She doesn't send a Father's Day card. He he forgets you exist. <laughs> um, but that that was the one thing I feel just like she wouldn't have been completely rewritten. It's yeah, I, I get what you're saying. If, it's hard if, to completely cover up an entire part of the history when, if as guardians live for a long time, there had to have been people there that were like, and if Odin's still alive at the beginning of this movie, yeah. they're 
ostensibly should be other Asgardians that are in that same age range that would at least know that this whole thing kind of happened. Right. It's, Unless he killed all the Asgardians and started over again. Well, it seems like she said one of the reasons he w- she was imprisoned and Odin was settling down was because he wanted to have Thor. So it almost seems like it didn't happen that far apart where she was banished and he was born. Well, I don't think it was because he wanted to. I think the way that she delivered the line was that um, he had you. Like, I don't think it was a matter of, like, he he settled down because he wanted to have another kid. I think it was more he realized the error of his ways, started these peace treaties. Like, that's like they show the mm-hmm. on the, the on the fresca. Right. On the can of fresca on the <laughs> ceiling. Um, him and the Frost Giant peace right. treaty. Yeah. Like, I think all of that kind of happened and then it, it wove itself into, you know, then he had Freya and had another child and, and all that. Because we don't know if Freya's her mom. That's true. There could be a different person involved in that. I see it very much as OT God versus New T God. New T. In, in Old Testament, New Testament. Oh, so like, like, OT. OT, the OT. Like the OG the OG, gods like versus... The OG. <laughs> no, you got Yahweh and you got uh, not Yahweh. I mean, basically, it's Thor or, oh, sorry, Odin, not rather. Yahweh. Well, Yahweh is traditionally associated with the Old Testament God. Like, they called him Yahweh more than in the new testament it wasn't anyway so long story short what i'm saying is like old odin that was paved over was old testament vengeful god taking over everything marching the jews into uh, the the promised land you know new testament god is peace love i'm sending my only son jesus and gee didn't that one thing of thor look a lot like jesus thor uh, is norse jesus let's I let's you, said you know ng i was like new god <laughs> the new god you got it's, me it's con- a kirby thing you got me all confused but no i mean i feel like there's a little bit i mean north it, it's all very archetypal but certainly that 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 again sort of lends itself to the idea that he would pave over and start all over try to do something new turn it turn a page if you will the flood but, then the flood and the archie archie <laughs> We're Who's not going to start singing Christian camp songs. Oh, come oh. on. That's a great little thing. So I, if Can I had I to sing an El Shaddai, though, because oh, that's my favorite Amy Grant song. <laughs> if I had to pick one negative, and, and it's not a negative, but I could see people seeing this movie. I haven't thrown it to you yet. Brian, what's your negative take it away? <laughs> I just wanted a, uh-huh. I, I just wanted a little, a little All right, Linda, chapter Listen, Linda. Um, no, I, I, I think it's the tone. People could see this movie and not like the humor like think it's just too much because they want their thor to be super serious they want their marvel stories to be super epic without any joy in life and humor and that's their choice i don't think it's a negative but i could see people in fact i think i've seen at least a few people on facebook who did not like this movie because of the tonal choices again not my thing i love it thought it was great but i could see people being a little turned off i mean i can but I, I want to say it was too jokey, not by a lot, but I feel like I thought most of it was was well done. I feel like there were some extra added, like trying to be punchlines, yes. like the whole devil's anus thing. Like that was, I mean, like you go yeah, from that, like, I mean, sophisticated that was, that was, humor that was unnecessary to like just potty humor, like you know, third grade humor. Like we're going through that one, the devil's anus, like. It felt like Futurama for a second, a little bit. <laughs> and it just yeah. Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have, find fault in those, but it's a different level of, yeah. of not, humor that, and. Those wit. weren't the jokes meant for us. Uh, I think those are the jokes meant for the younger audience. I don't know. Was this movie PG thirteen or PG? 
So I feel like if it's a PG movie, which it totally could have been, there wasn't really... The violence was not super gory, but violent, and there was like no sexy time. So, I mean, you could totally have gone with a PG. Uh, there was naked there was Hulk. Hulk. There was Hulk butt. I mean, but, you, di- but, you didn't see giant green penis right. a Dr. Damn Manhattan. I, although I was kind of like, ah, come on, do it. No, that wouldn't. Uh, but, <laughs> Hulk butt is, you could do Hulk butt PG. Um, anyway, so I, I feel like that that's just one negative. The only other thing I kind of, there were certain times where the whole Odin, um, the archetype of the hero, which by the way, Thor, I don't know what journey he was on other than a journey to accept his own inner power, which is fine. It's something, but like the, the Odin, the, the relationship that he's had with Odin has been contemptuous and, and, and a mess at best. And the fact that he had these like little mental blocks coming off through his talking to you know like that that was a little ham-handed to me like if i if i was trying to come up with anything that i thought was a little like didn't work as well i think that's it but i also like the idea that thor is storm because let's be honest he's the god of thunder of course he's fucking storm of course he can do that like why haven't the comics done that more directly um because the problem is that thunder is sound well, right, but he's, yeah. he's not of, the god of lightning. He's the god of thunder and lightning. He's not just the god of thunder. That would be lame. He'd be like he'd be like the sound god. He'd be like the uh, I don't know, he'd be called Boom Boom, or he'd be like a claw. I mean, he's the god of thunder and lightning. Leave Tabitha alone. <laughs> Leave Tabitha alone. And she eventually became Boomer, so it was fine. Oh, that's okay. But no, do you know what tick, I mean? Tick, like tick tick tick, boom. I, I feel like, and and even the fact, the realization that Jason Aaron had, no, not no, Hickman had, making Storm a Thor in Battle World in Secret War, like that totally makes sense. He didn't come up with that. Oh, that's not. Oh, no. oh, okay. I didn't realize that's, that's one of the best issues of What If ever oh, created. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is okay, what yes. if Storm was Thor? There you go. Whoever wrote and that. Actually, if you have read your more recent um, X Men comics with mm-hmm. the whole Mojo verse, the yeah. Mojo World, Mojo Worldwide. Um, when they th- when Mojo throws everything at them, she has that same costume, the Thor oh, costume. Nice. And yeah, no, that's all. That's, okay, no, that's good. Uh, I didn't realize that was a what if. It should it shouldn't surprise me. But if you can find it somewhere to read it, it's actually like it's one of those, it's one of those covers that's iconic for what if. Um, yeah, it's probably one of the highest highest regarded what if comics oh, ever. Geez, well, I didn't read a lot of what if. It is a kid, I guess. Oh, I love. Oh. Those were so good. I, I honestly don't. So I had a few of them. I went back and looked at my books. I didn't have a lot. Because it was um, just that it, it... It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know, but it, it gave no, me I'm that I'm saying little, that's like the fans. You no, know. I know, but it gave that little bit of like fan service. It's why DC went away from Elseworlds because it uh, didn't matter. Yeah. Just stupid. But you knew that this was yeah. like that what if line. And that's why they brought it back. Like what if... Um, for the Avengers versus X Men, mm-hmm. like they they brought yeah. it back that that little limited series, but like what if Phoenix didn't die? What, you know, like there's so many cool. Possi- know, it allowed people to tell stories that no. didn't exist. I, now, as an adult, those are my favorites. Anything that's Go why I like Batman down. Metal right now is so fun. Uh-huh. I like the idea that you can do these kind of what ifs, but they're doing them in continuity, which makes them matter. I'm doing air quotes anyway. Uh, so that's all I have. What what about you? What did you what did you think didn't work? I overall I thought the movie was 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 good. I I didn't have any like super negatives that came out of it. I didn't love the Odin Thor piece of it as much. Um I just think that 
if they were going to end it the way that they were going to end it. Like, I, I know that you have to lead into Infinity War, and obviously at the end end of the movie, they had the little card that said, Thor will return in Avengers Infinity War. So if you put them on a different place, like a, a different place to restart Asgard, it wouldn't have that same impact because you're probably going to bring that spaceship full of people into, uh, into the Infinity War epic. I just kind of wish that they had ended with Asgardia. I know Freya is dead and she's not in the movie universe anymore, but for the little bit that I read of it after Odin was deposed as the ruler, as the all-father, and Freya became the all-mother, Asgardia seemed like a much cooler, more contemporary... Like it, it, it felt like a more positive place versus the old rule Asgard. So I was kind of hoping that they would have ended with that, and I... I mean, Hela may still be around, but it, it, it really kind of just left it be where it's like, all right, well, you had this great character. Where is she going to go? Unless they make her death. And yeah, she takes the role of death. Somebody said that as another a fan theory. I don't, I don't know. It, it makes a kind of sense, but... Well, as being the goddess of death, yeah. it, would, it would be nice to... It's convenient if you yes, want to reuse that. Yeah, But... I mean, if you're going to take the beats from Infinity Gauntlet, you need that personification of death, and it would be kind of cool to see. I would like to see Hela and Thanos, like, that kind of pairing, and see him try to do all of this to impress her. Right. Like, I think that would be a really kind of cool way to do it. So, Hmm. I don't know. I mean, nothing really outright made me go, yeah, I don't like this movie. The, the, The third... Great humor is probably my biggest negative takeaway, but overall, I think it was uh, it was pretty pretty good. All of the Hulk interactions with Thor were great. The fact that then eventually they got Banner and Hulk, uh, or Banner and Thor rather, uh, exploring the idea that, that Hulk's been stuck as Hulk for two years—that's kind of interesting, and that's again right out of the comics. A lot of things that even if it's not like beat for beat, like they didn't just tell the Planet Hulk story this movie was infused with ideas from the books that worked out really well and the, it added new stuff. The only thing I don't like about that is when he sits there and he tells him, well, if I turn back into the Hulk, I may never come back. And then he turns into the Hulk because it's needed. Right. After the comedy beat of no him jumping out of the, the, the ship and then just falling on his face on the, the rainbow bridge. Um, and then, yeah, him being on the ship with them, just as Hulk, just chilling there. It, it felt like there should have been some sort of... It's a smoking gun. You, you introduce something in the movie, you think it's going to pay off. What I'm thinking is this is something that may, they may play off in the future. Like, he, he's stuck in the Hulk for the foreseeable future or something. I mean, who well, knows? I mean, it's going to be something when he gets back to Earth or wherever the Avengers join up together. It might not even be on Earth where they join up together. It probably will be because... Well, considering the only Avengers we have right now technically are... Tony, Rhodey, and uh, Falcon. That's pretty much... Or is, is Natasha still... Oh, Natasha's part of the... Vision. Oh, uh, Vision's... Scarlet Witch. Yeah, there's only a couple of them. I mean, the rest of them are on the run. West Coast Avengers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of. Plus Tony. Secret Avengers. And Tony, yeah. No, no, no. That, that's a, that's I, West Coast Avengers was my favorite back in the day. I didn't really read any Avengers comics. They're missing I read. Though. I read uh, West Coast. They're messing Simon. If they had Simon, I'd be happy. But that's all. Right. Nathan Fillion. So, but it's going to be whenever he meets Natasha, 
that's what's gonna that could be the happen. Yeah. Maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt it felt awkward that he was like so adamant about like I could be lost forever because they're now instead of it being like a joint partnership in his head, it's compartmentalized, and he was also like, "All right, I don't want to do this," and then he's like, "Okay, I have to do this." And had he had he even turned back into Banner for like a moment when they got back on the ship. And then showed him his Hulk later. Like I at least would have felt like okay, you they paid it you off. paid it off for this portion of it. Like he at least was able to return back to being that. And honestly, that CGI is getting kind of funky for Hulk. Yeah. He's changed. He's there. He's being okay. modified so much between he the is. movies. He, they're they're making him look more like Mark Ruffalo a little bit. Which yes, because when he um, when there was that that moment when he's watching the video mm-hmm. and the faces meld into one, it was like uh, yeah. okay, I get it. But he was like this imposing, like creature in um, the first Avengers movie, to the point where he's standing there at the end. He looks like an action figure. Yeah, like he doesn't have that same. It he, just, he it, definitely looks like it's more of a hum, humanistic shape yeah. versus yeah. just incredibly. But then again, the comics have played with that too over the years. The Hulk has been different sizes and all that. Yeah, um, I mean, do we like? Loki's arc, do we think that worked out really well? I mean, that's yeah. if I had to pick one more thing now that I think about it, Loki going good, not that he has to stay good, but even in the way he did it, it was a little like... There were too many. Yeah. It was too it, many it back and lo- forth. Yeah. But, I mean, Loki is that character in the comics, too. I mean, he... Uh, well, now. Certainly back in the good old days, he was very just one-note villain, trickster, whatever. I, d- I don't think his journey went anywhere. It just... just he's oscillated. in the same place that he was before. Yeah. No, I mean... He is where he was at the end of when he died at the end of Thor 2. Yeah. But then, I mean, then you realize that he got rid of Odin. So he was back to being villainous. And then he uh, was a traitor. And then he was helping them. And then he's like, oh, no, still still a traitor. But now you shocked me. And I was like, oh, these poor, stupid aliens that are going to take him on the ship. And he's going to escape. And then he's like, no, I'm good again. And it's like, you're... You're going back and forth way too many times, and then when he's uh, picking up the sutar, sutars, surter, surter, suture man. I don't Suture-man. know the big, the big fire demon skull, and then he walks by the tesseract, and he's like, hmm. Like, and you know he grabbed it. Of he's, course he did. Well, because we have Infinity War yeah. coming, you can't just have the, <laughs> the tesseract. So the question then is: Is he going to be complicit with Thanos, or is he? Oh, I believe so. Okay, I believe so then that. That's, that's what they're doing because. Probably. I I feel that way because part of the whole like one of the big theories after Avengers because everybody's like oh god why did you know like he was so easily beaten you know by by this whole thing and it was the fact of like he wasn't he's been plotting this whole thing and it's a lo- it's a long con long gun yeah and okay. I think that's gonna end up being kind of the thing is he is gonna have the tesseract and he's gonna fulfill his mission for Thanos from Avengers one and Avengers three. When he gives the Tesseract to Thanos, finally. Makes sense. I mean, I can see that play out. It's his character, so. Uh, they killed... Oh, and that's one more thing. I have one more thing. One more thing. They killed uh, Volstagg. That's bullshit. The Warthor? The Warthor cannot just die. Like, almost... It wasn't a Cyclops death in X-Men 3. It was on screen, but with just zero fucks. Like, yep, you're dead. Well, all and of the Warriors 3, I know, right? but at least yeah. the, 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 one, two, the one guy... Isn't Sif the, the third warrior? No, 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 there's three. Oh, no, there's three, there's three guys. Three, three yeah, and then Sif. Yeah, because um, it's the guy with who had the flail. 
who stood up to Helia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the the, the Genghis Khan looking. Uh, yeah, yeah he. I don't know their names. I'm terrible. I only know Vol- Volstag, but but no, you don't just kill them like that. That feels very. But I mean, again, they're gods. They'll probably come back if they want to do more. Blah blah blah. All that's fine. But I just I, I like Volstag. He's one of my favorites. So I just think that they are clearing the stage as much as they can. Yeah, I think you're right. So you now have Loki, Thor, Valkyrie, and Heimdall. Like those are going to be your. You've now cleared out so and, many other... And if you're right about Heimdall, they might just dispatch him early to get the stone. I feel like he's going to end up kind of... Because Vision and Heimdall are going to be the two that are going to be the most impacted because Thanos has got to rip the jam out of his forehead, out of Vision's forehead. And I think that it's going to be an arc for Heimdall going from being able to see everybody to not being able to see. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if they pull his eyes out or like some way, shape, or form, like do that it'll be a huge like emotional arc for him to or they just have to him. overcome or they just kill him i can't see them killing my uh, well, i see more of an arc ass. for vision coming back from something like that than heimdall just in terms of the the characters themselves but either way well that vision might just depower yeah they may have to figure out a way he might be taken off the board until tony can figure out a yeah, power yeah. source when is um infinity war next year november so it's a year third, twenty eighteen. Okay, so a year from now we'll have part one out of the way, and then a year I, later, I, I think yeah, they're doing the two back to back. They're not going to. Oh yeah, it. no, no, because it's already in production. They right. they finished one, and then they went right into shooting the next Crazy. one. Crazy! It's like the Matrix all over again, or or uh, the Hobbit, or Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they all did that craziness. Um, so, anything else? I don't know. N- well, so Brian, you haven't, you didn't sit in our last uh, review I episode. Didn't. So we have started this fun little uh, now tradition because it's happening a second time. So it officially becomes a tradition of uh, rating the movie that we're reviewing. Ratings. Yes. So from uh, zero to five flames, <laughs> what would you give Thor Ragnarok? Hmm. Zero to five flames. Um, five th- being the eternal flame. <laughs> With Susanna Hoffs. Nice. Uh, oh, uh, let's do four. I, I like to keep the five for like really impactful special moments. But in terms of like the movie overall, the much as I enjoyed it, yeah, four is good. Eric, zero to five flames. What do you say? Yeah, I would give it a four, almost a four and a half, but I don't. Ooh, can we do halves? Yeah. Oh, you well, can do any fraction. All right, four point five five. Uh, oh, now she's taking it to the limit. Aren't four you? for Thor, but four point five five. Yeah, <laughs> repeating. <laughs> ha! No, I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna just stick with four. I, I kind of want to give it a three point seven five. Whoa! Because it was good. I just don't know if it was that good. What's your baseline? What would be... Okay, and are we doing this relative to Marvel cinematic movies or no, movies the, overall? just a movie. As, okay, okay. As, as a movie itself. So what's... Give me give me a scale here. If we're looking... Uh, just give me a, a frame of reference. Other Marvel movies. Uh, what would be another comparable rating? Another comparably rated Marvel cinematic movie? I don't know. I have to sit there and look at what they are. There are 17 movies. I, would, I can't remember the other all right, 16. Let me, let me do this. I would posit that... Um, above this, maybe, uh, uh, Marvel, what was it? Captain America Winter Soldier. I would give a slight, like, like a 4.6. 
And then below this, I would give Civil War. Uh, I would give Civil War like a 4.3. See, I think I liked Civil War more than you did. Um, I will give it a begrudging four flames. For Thor. For Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I'd say it's in the top 20% of the Marvel movies for me. Oh, yeah. So, I'm not saying so it's a, bad so at all. So four yeah. works for me. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even know if I give any of the Marvel Cinematic movies a five. To be quite honest, they're not all. None of them are meant as high art. That really leaves me like a changed person when I leave. That's a five. I think so. the first Avengers movie, in scope of what it accomplished, I think, is pretty close to a five for me. Not, I'm not saying I, I high f- art. I'm saying just in the scope of what it created. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. I would give, I would give that up. It would be up there. It'd be like an a four ensemble seven. movie. It's a, it's four point seven four. Somewhere. A lot, you know. Age of Ultron definitely didn't. No, no, that one's in the three, the three, three-ish area. Um, and Guardians, I would put both Guardians somewhere in the low, uh, mid to mid mid threes. I think. I don't know. The first one higher certainly. This is but. why it's subjective because no, honestly, Guardians one was fantastic. It really was. Guardians I liked two, it, but not no. so much. I mean, it was still okay. It was a it, it was, was a good movie. Yeah. It just didn't. There were so many things that just felt like fan service. Like, we did this well in the first movie. Let's really try to hammer it home. And it just didn't work as well. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a 3.875 nice. for Thor. I'm changing mine because it's just shy, of that, just shy of that four because of the potty humor. Oh, had it, wow. Had it not had... Because when you look at the writing overall, if you're, you know, a lot of it was really witty and really smartly done and then you throw in the devil's anus and which, then keep going back to it which like, did you notice that that um that graphic was inspired by an actual thing that went around the internet for a while it was like a really anus? yeah no it wasn't oh. called i don't think it was oh. called devil's anus but it was like a, just a thunderstorm and it looks so weird and crazy that it's popped up now as a visual effect um the other thing i wanted to mention you said writers uh kyle yost and oh god what's the other guy's name I just had it in my head. They've written for the X-Men comics. They've written for Marvel in general uh, in the comics world, but they've also done a lot of television. Kyle, Kyle Yost and, uh, oh God. I, anyway, they were co-writers on the script, which I thought was interesting. Because hmm. this is probably some of their best work, if that's the case. I've never thought they were particularly strong as far as unique, independent like voices in Marvel, but they definitely know their Marvel characters and write solid stories. So. Cool. Yep. Okay. Anyway, I don't the know. The name sounds familiar. I just don't know where. I, I, can't, I couldn't place names. I couldn't even tell you where to look for the X-Men books. But like, if you look up, Yost is the one that stands out the most because his name's kind of different. And again, it's all over the place. So. Yost with the most. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's good. All right. Well, overall, we enjoy the movie. Um, I think we've, we've touched on a, a variety of subjects. But if you think that we missed something or you would like to... Uh, counter one of our arguments or or feelings if or you think we're wrong um they can think we're wrong but we're not wrong well no no, no. if opinion. they think we're wrong <laughs> they can think we're fake news and they just have to call us out on it well and on they can do it where they, can they if do they that? would like to debate any topics that we may have found as negatives uh you can drop us a comment wherever you find our podcast uh, you can tweet at us you can go to itunes and subscribe you can leave us a review 
you can do all of that on any place that you find your podcasts iTunes Castbox uh, Stitcher Google Play Music you can find us on all the social medias you can go to our website flameonshow.com and if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us continue to make amazing podcast content for you to listen to then uh, you might want to consider supporting us and our parent network the Nerdy Show Network by visiting patreon.com forward slash nerdy show where you can get extra additional fun little goodies by becoming a patron. Well, with that being said, we thank you for sticking around with us. This was a little longer, but uh, a really fun conversation about Thor Ragnarok. We'll be back with um, another episode. It might be our usual year-end clip show um, because the holidays are always a tough time to get the cast together. But if not, we may hear our voices talking about pop culture in December. Um, and if not, then we wish you all the best holiday season and a great new year. And uh, we'll see you guys in 2018. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.